they may jump in the background. <laughs> no problem. That is absolutely fine by me. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here back again. I'm your host, Soul, and here we are again, season two of the Soul Sessions. Now get ready, folks, for we have the Free Bells Beach, the Wrestle Beach, the Twitch Beach. Emily Hayden, welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> well, hey, pleasure, pleasure to have you here, Emily. So uh, for our viewers who are not familiar with yourself, um, how did you fall in love with wrestling? Oh, wow. Um, and it goes far back as about between three and five years old uh my dad and my brother were my best friends growing up uh the two of them of course loved wrestling and i wanted to be part of the the gang as well and uh yeah basically i sat down one day i was like what are you guys watching uh so it was raw and uh, i distinctly remember this part it was chris jericho's debut when he'd done the back and forth with the rock uh, and instantly like that I was hooked I fell in love I was like what is this what are you guys watching so it was the entertainment value of that that's that's how I got into wrestling but then the first time I ever seen Lita and she done her top moonsault or top rope moonsault mm. and I went girls can do this too wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> and that was me like uh, I remember just being like that to my dad oh I'd be like her oh I'd be like her oh hey hoot wing and sinker bring you right into the action nothing better than that uh, is Lita Le one of your favorites or were there other women from that era that really you know drove you to start training and fall in love oh wow uh so Lita Tristratus of course like the iconic feud uh Victoria uh those were my top three so anytime I saw I saw them on the TV and oh how can I forget of course China how can I forget China absolutely it, absolutely and China you know and hell of a talent in herself for what she'd done not only just bringing women more in the centerfold and doing stuff that the men could do you know being one of the yeah. only women to hold the icy title as well and um, you know I hope China can hold the you know get into the Hall of Fame soon enough it's a well deserved spot for oh, her fingers crossed fingers crossed you know we have this year coming up better time than ever you know sooner sooner the better as i like to say for china get into the hall of fame uh, and yeah. no obviously the women from that era would progress into the divas era and we've had many guests on before mm -hmm. we were growing up with the divas era saying that they love it you know it was for what it's time but it still got them into it for someone for yourself you know you would grow up with the the attitude era sort of women you know leah china to go into the divas era did you feel okay with change or was it sort of oh it's not what i liked before but i can still roll with it yeah, it, it, like that is the best way to put it for me, to be honest with you. So for me, it was, oh, well, this is a bit different. Um, it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. There was like specific moments of it that I did like. Uh, for example, I loved Lake Cool. I thought everything that Lake Cool did was amazing, um, especially when they, they did the storyline with Mickey and they were highlighting bullying. I quite mm -hmm. enjoyed that. I mean, they were calling it Piggy James and then Kelly Kelly, Smelly Kelly. I loved all that. Um, so, yeah, I thought those were really good storylines. And um, one of my favourites from the Divas era were uh, the Bella Twins. I absolutely love the Bella Twins, which a lot of people are actually quite surprised whenever I say that. Um, but for me, look at what they've evolved into. Like, not only were they great wrestlers, they were great businesswomen. They still are, and mm -hmm. they've ventured out into all sorts of different things. So, 
But going back to the, the Divas era, might not have been my cup of tea, but there was definitely moments in it where I really enjoyed it and I could see what they were going for. Uh, and it's all part of the evolution process, you know, mm-hmm. like trial and error, really. Oh, hi, absolutely. Well, you mentioned, you know, the Bellatons being good businesswomen as well, you know, their own brand, and you would have Total Divas and the Bella shows. It kind of shows that even though they may have not got the proper presentation on screen in the ring, they were great business and entertainers to hold a reality show for so long that is loved. Did you love Total Divas as well? Well, I absolutely loved Total Divas. It was one of my favourite things to watch. And uh, the best part for me as well was getting that behind the curtain look and mm. um obviously we know it's reality tv but it doesn't take away from the the entertainment factor of it and um i recently watched the the bella twins documentary uh, on the wwe network wow. and they were even saying like it got to a point where girls that would watch total divas uh, they would actually tune into to monday night raw to see how the storylines would play out mm. and vice versa uh like for myself for example I would always watch Monday Night Raw, and then when I heard about Talk Divas, I went and I watched that, and that mm-hmm. kind of I got me into reality TV in that sense. So yeah, yeah absolutely loved Total Divas. I loved the Bella Twins in it because uh, that's where we got the birth of Brie mode, and oh. I thought that was phenomenal. <laughs> Are you someone that loves that Brie mode theme as well? The whole high pitched techno Brie mode. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 like, Drunk Brie. I absolutely loved, like, Drunk Brie. Like, there were always shenanigans with her. My favourite <laughs> moment ever was when herself and Serea, then Paige, mm. uh, they went on a on an absolute bender, and then uh, I think it was Brie lost her shoe, so they started singing about, why did I lose my shoe? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just that sounds like a different like, ended. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can relate to that, Brie. <laughs> Oh, too many, too many nights are in the tune. You can, you can totally relate to that. <laughs> um, something very interesting about, you know, a lot of people say it's a companion piece. Obviously, the most modern day equivalent is BTE and AEW. You know, you watch AEW, you get the BTE sort of side of it. Do you feel like that's what Total Divas was to the Divas there? Like, it, it really was the precursor to whole BTE and AEW. Uh-huh. Uh, absolutely. Uh, once again, I was also a fan of being the elite. Um, and like I'm a big Kenny Omega fan, so of course I was going to watch that. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like with the likes of Total Divas, it opened it opened a lot of doors. For example, we got obviously Total Bellas, and then I feel like BTE put the flip on it because there wasn't quite a market of web series yet mm-hmm. for for wrestlers. So I feel like they're obviously like. From the top of my head, I remember like Candice LeRae would do vlogs. Mm. I remember that, but there wasn't quite a, I'm trying to think of the word, sketch, like skit sort of a thing mm-hmm. on the go. Um, I know Chris Jericho had a, a web series as well, uh, but Being the Elite was the first one I distinctly remember being like, oh, well, it's, uh, it's showcasing a lot of talent that I've not quite heard of. Mm-hmm. And it's also showcasing kind of a... Oh well, these people are really good wrestlers, but they're also really good characters, and here's why. <laughs> so there was that value of it as well. So I definitely think Total Divas and Total Bellas and such it definitely did open open the door to those sort of avenues. But being the elite was its own beast. It, like that created its own sort of a genre as well of, of wrestling web series. Mm-hmm. Very well. You could look at each show and be like, they are a creation of their time. You know. Mm-hmm. You go back there, there's early 2000s, BT being late, 20, uh, 2010, sort of, and it's like, yeah, 
they're great for what they were and in the time period they existed they elevated the talent and the, you know what they would eventually start the companies they would become very good way of looking at it now and we took yourself as well training how did you finally take the plunge into training to become a professional wrestler well that's an interesting story um so i actually started training back in september of 2020 uh, 2012 so that's how long ago it was and uh, I started college in the August of 2012, and it was a computing course I was doing. So uh, we were talking about the SummerSlam pay-per-view of that year, uh, me and some of my, my friends in the class, and this boy uh, turned around to me and he said, oh, you, you like wrestling, um, would, would you ever actually do it? And I just thought he was ribbing me. I thought he, he was like, he, he was just oh, let's make fun of the girl that's in the class, you know, and I just kind of looked at her and I was like, yeah, why? <laughs> like, kind of a bit suspicious, so like, mm, okay, what, what's, what's going on here? And he was like, my sister does it. And that way I was kind of like, right, okay, good one, haha. no way you have a sister that does it. Because <laughs> I thought at the time you, could, you only had to, like, go to America to, to do wrestling, oh. you know? Uh, and he was like, no, no, really, like, she is a wrestler. So we went back into the classroom and he jumped on the Mac and he, he typed in uh, Premier British Wrestling and he showed me photos of her as a wrestler and he was like, that's my sister, there she is again, there she is again. And I was like, wow, we actually have a Scottish wrestling scene. I did not know that. My mind was blown. Uh, so I said to him, okay, give me the details. Where am I going? How much is it? How long are the classes? So he gave me all the information and I went along to... Uh, which surprisingly, uh, it was just around the corner from where I used to stay. So I took that as a sign. Yep, I have to go. I have to give it a try. Like it was one of those ones where I didn't really want to have the regret of not trying, you know. Mm -hmm. So when that moment arose and I saw that it was around the corner from me, I was like, yep, I have to go give it a bash. And I went along for my, my first day of training and I trained with TJ Rage. He was my first ever coach and i remember i was like so shy my first day i didn't take part i just watched and i'm just kind of in the in the background like, oh, oh. like this isn't what i thought like because we, uh, we were training on mats there wasn't a ring so it was kind of oh what's going on here and then there was i was feeling quite intimidated because i was the only girl and uh he, here's another fun fact on my first day of training uh kenny williams was actually in that class Ooh, so okay. I'm looking at him and you know like just how talented Kenny is so I'm looking at him and I'm going okay like I definitely can't do all that so <laughs> <laughs> so I watched my first day and uh, TJ came up to me after and he said is this something that you would like to do and I always remember this I turned around and looked at him and went yep I definitely want to give this a try the following week I took part in the best of history I caught the wrestling bug yeah, wow. Well, God, well done there. I mean, a hell of a, a start to your journey as well. Now, obviously, you mentioned, you know, Scottish wrestling scene. One of the most important companies to the Scottish wrestling scene is ICW, a great company in itself. And I want to know you've been involved with ICW. I want to know how did you initially get involved with the company? Oh, wow. Um, so years and years ago, um, I got involved. This was uh, the year that I debuted, so 2014. So this was at the time they were doing, uh, I believe it was called Space Buzz. 
and uh, they needed uh, myself, uh, another girl, and uh, Isla Dawn. Uh, she she was needed as well, and essentially we were booked to uh, to make uh, Layla Rose. We were, we were booked to like uh, get attacked by Layla Rose and make her look really good and, and such. So that was like my first taster. Um, so I got I got to like do the job for someone, you know. <laughs> so that was my first taster of that, and it was it was actually so much fun. Like all the girls were lovely, so it, it was a good way of me starting to build those relationships mm-hmm. uh, especially because that was my, my foot in the door so then we fast forward a couple of years uh so we fast forward to 2020 obviously we know everything that happened with that yeah. um so it was i believe october of 2020 that one of the producers scott reed got in touch with me and he was saying listen we're doing closed tapings uh we're, we're taking everything very seriously they had all the precautions in place uh, we had to wear our masks um there was always hand sanitizers on the go and we had our little bubbles that we had to work in and we would constantly be testing and whatnot um so when when he explained all that to me because i was a bit apprehensive considering uh the pandemic mm-hmm. so when he explained that to me no no we've got all the precautions in place this these are all the reasons in which uh, we will keep you safe and you'll be able to to perform safely. Uh, so I was like, great, that's fine. Uh, so I went along and I did my first ever closed taping. And that was one of the most scariest things I've ever done. Uh, because I remember uh, thinking, well, I usually play a lot with the crowd. Mm-hmm. How am I going to get myself over if there's no crowd? And then it was actually Jack Jester, because uh, he was agenting. He said to me, um, "Think of the camera as your crowd. Think of the like the camera as your crowd and play to the camera." And mm. as soon as he said that, it was it was as if like the fear just gone and like that. I was like, right, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing. I was like laser focused, and I always remember the first match that I taped. Uh, I did exactly that, just kept talking to the camera. I thought, well, if nobody's here, I'm going to talk to this camera. Uh, they're going to know who Wrestle Beach is. And, yeah, um, as much as it was a scary time, I do look back fondly on those on those closed tapings because mm-hmm. it was like you were in the trenches together, you know, uh, and you were going through it together. And it, it, it built a lot of really good relationships. Like, that was where I first met Ellie Armstrong, for example, and... I think she's she's this really talented up and comer, and I think this will be her year. And yeah, so absolutely, I I honestly, I, if I could do like if I could do close tapes again, I would. But I prefer the crowd being there, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, really. I mean, that's very interesting though, because we had um, you know the Wev Pro Women's Champion Alex Winder on the show, and Alex talked mm-hmm. about the comparison between you know British and Japanese crowds and how you got to cater to different needs. But for you to work with no crowds, do you feel like that's going to be a, a great asset to having your skill? Like, yeah, I've worked in front of no people before. It's mm. a it's a skill I'm going to have as a wrestler in the future. Well, 100%, because if it wasn't for the fact that I didn't have the crowd to, to cater to, um, I feel like with the closed tapings, that's what helped me work towards the camera. Mm-hmm. Because, like like I said, uh, Jack Jester, he, he was superb in, in terms of agenting. 
uh, because he he was saying to me, work the camera, there's the hard cam here, you've got the, the cam that follows you here. And it helped me get to know where I had to be. And uh, I, I would speak to the cameraman sometimes as well. And I would ask them, would, would this be okay if I did this here? Would you prefer it here? Uh, so it gave me an idea of what worked better to the camera so i feel like because i had no crowd it it benefit benefited me greatly because uh in the past i would i would be a bit clumsy if you will with the camera i wouldn't really know where to look or or where i should really be but now thanks to the closed tapings i have a better understanding of it and i have a better knowledge of it so in future whenever i'm working cameras now i know exactly where to look i know exactly where to stand and i can play about with it a little bit more no, good. No, it's good. No, that's a great thing to hear because I've heard some wrestlers always say the hard camera is always hard to adjust to. You're trying to cater to the people there, but you know you've got to cater to the people at home, and it's always a bit of a hassle to, you know, organize yourself where you're pointing and where you're showing off in the ring. Now, obviously, with ICW as well, we've had previous guests on who've been involved with the company, Shaman A, Daisy Jenkins, Nicole Jasmine, and they've always talked about their favorite moments from the company's history. Emily, for yourself, what is your favorite particular history from ICW? Oh wow! Right, okay. So I've got a couple. <laughs> so my first favorite was um, when the lights went out, and it was Mark Coffey was in the ring, so the lights went out, and then Finn Balor just appeared on the top rope, and he was in the carnage. He was in the carnage paint, and it was just—I remember like watching this, like cause I was doing merch at the time, like at the side. So I was like watching, I was like. That is so cool. <laughs> so that was one of my favourite moments. So when so when uh, Finn David made his appearance like that, I thought that was awesome. He looked like a superhero, and I was into that. And um, and then of course one of my all time favourites as well, because this is how I found out about ICW. Uh, Kayla Ray with the balcony dive. Oh. Yep. Need I say more? Need I say more? <laughs> You need to not say more. And I, I intend every viewer, <laughs> you've not seen that spot, get your arse to YouTube and get that typed in and find out because mm -hmm. it's a spot and a half. I mean, me personally, I always loved the, the good old Joe Hendry um, intros. The man that's yes, in my room. That's my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good one. I actually kind of like the uh, the Mr. Anderson one, the Pokemon one, because it's just oh. kind of... It's always a laugh, that one. I mean, the recent one he did with Matt Cardona and Brian Myers and Impact, uh, Edge's Bitch was a... The man still oh. got it. Oh, I, I actually cried from laughing so hard at that. It was... It, it, I always say this all the time, like, Joe's got this way of, like, where you think he's taking it this way, then he comes, like, left field, you know? <laughs> and you're like, you're like, wow, like, I was not expecting that. No, yeah, the man is a true talent. I and... get I, oh, we've got a special guest for the show. Hi, hey. Goku Cat. Are you saying hello? Uh, this is Goku. He likes the camera, just so you all know. When I, when I was doing my Twitch streams, he liked being on camera. Well, how? It was always well. He's, 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 he's not paying attention because he's not been paid for his interviews, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favourite ICW moment? Joe Hendry as well. Yeah, that's a good one. I think so as well, big man. That's a good call right there. I'm absolutely proud of that. Now, you mentioned that uh, some people have been involved with ICW. Stacey Jenkins is one of them, who's been, you know, a graduate from Fight Pro Wrestling Asylum. And I believe you came up to there to do some lessons with them. So I just wonder what your time was at FBWA. 
I thoroughly enjoyed my session at FPWA. Um, like I said, uh, about like building relationships and whatnot. So there's a few girls that I knew. So Ruby Roberts, for example, and Molly Molly Spartan was there, and mm-hmm. Anastasia. So those were a few of the girls that I knew. And then that was the first time that I ever met Beth Shorty. So that was the first time I ever met her. Uh, Daisy, unfortunately, wasn't at that session, so I hadn't met her yet. Uh, but I was actually saying this to Daisy at the Discovery Wrestling Show last year in November. Mm. Uh, I was saying to her like, how I feel like we're ships passing in the night where we were always like, just missing each other. <laughs> so, uh, But going back to the, the classes, um, Andy's got this demeanour about him where he's so patient. And he has a great way of explaining things to you because sometimes I'll get a bit muddled and I, <laughs> I call myself the parrot sometimes because uh, most, most of the time when I'm in training, if someone says something to me, I need to say it back to myself just so it sticks. So I'll be like, all right, you're going to hit the ropes and then you're going to take a back bump and then you're going to take this and you're going to take this. And I go, hitting the ropes, take back bump. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, um, I thoroughly enjoyed my session, and again, I was I was very fortunate to be in with a group of talented and positive females. Because if you were in the ring, the other girls would be at the side and be like, "Oh, come on, Emily! Like you've got this! Like you're doing great! That's it! Get back up!" And it would be the same like you know, outside you you're shouting at me, like, "Come on, Anastasia! You got this!" Like. Um, so yeah, uh, thoroughly enjoyed those classes. I'm very much looking forward to when they start up again because uh, I'm planning on going back. Absolutely, oh, Andy cool. is just honestly like well at the time because obviously he's had these these little change now, but uh, at the time he was one of the most loveliest men <laughs> that that I worked with. Um, very brilliant coach, very brilliant. Oh. Absolutely, the man's a talent as hell. You know, you, you and Daisy's ships have crossed paths again. You know, Daisy was on at the end of season one. You're here at the beginning of season yep. two. Ships crossing again. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe another time. Just missing each other. Like, Daisy, <laughs> exactly. hurry up. Like, we actually need to, like, get a match sorted, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, we've had plenty of guests in the Soul Sessions face one another. Ashley Vega and Daisy Jenkins. Shame mm-hmm. and A. Massage. Shalonso mm-hmm. Royale and uh, KJ Impala. Emily Hayden versus oh, wow. Daisy Jenkins. I'm pretty much everyone. Everyone on the show after they come off it just likes to fight one another. I'm like Fight Club here. I'm hosting the fight pits or something like that. <laughs> First rules: you don't talk about Fight Club. So <laughs> we'll edit that. Out. We'll, we'll make sure that's we'll edit that. <laughs> now, um, obviously going back to ICW, sadly ICW would be taking off the WWE network, mm-hmm. um, and now they're hosting their own on-demand service for yourself. You know, seeing your matches when they were on the network. Was that a big sense of accomplishment? Like, wow, my matches are on the network with other great talents like you know Lita in the past. Now we've got yeah. you know Bianca Belair, Ronda Rousey. You must have felt like, wow, I've made it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it actually didn't hit me until after the the first set of tapings because uh, Scott Reed, one of the the ICW producers, he came up to me. And he actually said to me, like, um, oh, and, like, you'll, you'll get to actually watch it on the WWE Network. That's really cool. And I was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and it was just, like, I was like, like, just this overwhelming feeling went over me at first. And I was like, I can't believe I get to be on the WWE Network. And then and then it was that kind of a, no, you know, where it starts to, like, build. And it starts to build. And I was just like, I can't believe I'm going to be on the WWE Network. 
I can't believe I'm going to be on the WWE Network. And then, but the biggest, the, the biggest accomplishment for me was I got home that night and I messaged my dad and I said, we're going to be in the WWE Network wrestling for ICW. And he messaged me back and I still have the message saved. And he said, I'm so proud of you. I know that you, you'd be able to, to accomplish so much. And you need to let me know when your match is on the network so I can watch it. <laughs> so, oh. and then, of course, when the, the match went up uh, a couple of weeks later, of course, uh, I said to my dad, my dad messaged me back. And he was like, oh, um, he, he calls me M. So it's, oh, um, that, that was amazing. Um, you've, you've came on leaps and bounds. Can't believe I get to see my girls on the network. Of course, <laughs> I'm going to be telling all my pals that. <laughs> Nice. So that that was that was the moment for me where where I felt I felt like well I've made it like this is something a full circle moment for me this is something I used to watch my dad and now I get to say to him check out one of my matches on the network and yeah so I was very happy with that moment and there's not and there's nothing quite like being able to type your name into the network and your matches come up. Yeah, I could. Like I, sitting there and I, I cried like the first time. I was like, oh my oh, god! Like <laughs> that, that. I mean, I couldn't imagine as a wrestler. You know, you grew you grew up loving this. You then get to re- make magic mm-hmm. in the ring, and then get to find your matches on the platform of the, one of the biggest wrestling companies in the world. Yep. God, I, I couldn't imagine that. That must be surreal as shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now, Ollie, you have some championships. Ellie, you do have some belts and gold, you know, for Free WL, Pro 2, and UCW. I just want to know, having that many championships, do you feel like an extra bit of pressure on yourself, or you're just like, you know what, I, I've earned it, I can handle it? It's one of those ones, um, I would say, of, of course I have moments where I go, yeah, I earned this, like, uh, you need to have a, a any go about you in this business, but at the same time, um, I do feel that pressure on myself uh, because for UCW and W3L, for example, uh, I'm the longest reigning women's champion of both companies. Um, so there is that pressure on myself. And I felt like going back to like the first time I ever won the, the W3L Women's Championship, that was my first ever title. And mm. I actually got to wrestle my, my wrestle manager, Ella Dark, for it. So that, that, was, that was a cool moment. Um, and the first time I won it, uh, so that was 2018. And I always say 2018 was kind of a, the lost year, if you will, because mm-hmm. that's when I was really struggling with my mental health. Uh, I'd put on a lot of weight. I was the biggest that I'd ever been. Uh, so I was struggling for a lot. I had a lot of personal issues and whatnot. So when I won the belt the first time, I didn't really feel like I deserved it. I didn't really feel like I, I, I'd earned it. And I remember I was sitting myself in, at home I got home and I was sitting and I just kind of looked at the bell and I went, I feel like I don't deserve this right now. I don't necessarily feel like a champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I swore to myself that day, uh, by 2019, I would be would be up there with with Viper, Dewdrop, uh, Nikki Storm, Nikki Cross, uh, Casey and Leah Owens, mm-hmm. uh, S- uh, Serena Rose now, S- uh, Sarah. I would be up there as one of the the historic champions uh, for W3L, and I did. Uh, that year, I, I got myself in shape. Uh, mm-hmm. I started training harder, hitting it harder, worked on my promo skills a lot more. And then when it came to 
the September of 2019, so a full year later. Once again, I wrestled Jayla Dark. That was her last ever Scottish match. It was a street fight. Mm. Uh, who better to, to break me into a street fight than my wrestle man? You know, that's her wheelhouse. Uh, so it was like a full, again, a full circle moment there. And I remember I won it that time. And I was like, yep, I deserve it this time. I've earned it. I've You, you got yourself out that that really depressive spot that you were in and look at you now a year later, go you sort of a thing. So yeah, I would say like I put pressure on myself in that regard. Um, but to be brutally honest with you, if you're not putting pressure on yourself in wrestling, you kind of are just coast and what's the point in that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I've been immensely putting pressure on myself, especially for this year, because I'm determined that this is going to be the year of the beach and a lot of big big and bad things are going to happen, you know. So if I don't put that pressure on myself, how am I expected to make these things happen? So I welcome the pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, But, yeah, definitely. I feel like there is the pressure, but I thrive with it, you know. That's pretty much what I'm saying. Ah, absolutely. You know, it's like you're you're given the opportunity. You know it's going to be tough. You know it's going to be a very long and challenging road, but it's a road you're willing to walk down. And it may be tough. It may be shit. You may have some bumps and grains in the road. Yep. But that end destination is going to be all worth it in the end. Yep, one hundred percent. Absolutely. Now for Pro Two as well, I know you would face a you would face another previous guest of the show actually, uh, Nicole Jasmine at Brawl at the Hall Two. I just want to know, facing Nicole, what was that like? So facing Nicole, I'd wrestled her once prior to that match. I had to think there. I was like, that was prior, wasn't it? Um, so she competed at UCW for a, a shot at my championship, and she lost. But, yeah. <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, um, it was an enjoyable match, and the fact that one of my good friends, Shane Monet, got to be the special guest ref, that was so much fun. And uh, we, we just had a laugh. And and I get to say that Nicole was part of a historic moment for me, which was winning the Pro Two Women's Championship. So it's it's cool that I get to share that moment with someone that I consider a friend, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was very I was very happy. I was very happy with everything, and can't wait to see what else Nicole does, you know. Um, nah, get give her some time. Like I think in a couple of years' time, like she's going to be the name that we're all talking about. Oh, exactly. And viewers, I would recommend you check out her episode as well. It was a great talk for talk about her future and everything. So that'd be a great one. But you mentioned Shaymane there. Shaymane, as well as the previous guest of the show, and with Fassage, they've formed the United Queendom down in TNT. I love that name because right away I thought of the IT crowd. Oh. You know, the episode where they go to the work, uh, the work night out. And the the guy says in the opening, welcome to the United Queendom. And that's exactly what I thought of. And I was just like, well done, Shay. Well done, Passage. That is amazing. An absolute banger of a name for a group. But, you know, groups are meant to be expanded. You know, new people come in. If Shay came to you, Emily, and was like, there's a spot, would you accept a spot in the United Queendom? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? Like on, honestly, like I've been, I love Shay. I love Shay to bits. I, I've been there since bloody Shay started training, you know. Um, and Shay 
and I had a match on Respect Pro, Re- Respect Pro Wrestling's last ever show. So mm. that was special for me from that regard because Shay and I have always wanted a match together uh, to do an agenda. And we got to do it. And I remember there were there was uh, things that we saying to Shay, oh, well, I kind of want to do this move and I kind of want to do this move, but I don't know. And I remember he pulled me in the ring that day and he was like, Emily, you're going to do it. We're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. And uh, and then I got backstage and it was like, I hadn't done a, a, a Hurricane Rana in so long. And he was like, no, we're doing it, we're doing it. So I did a Hurricane Rana and I did a hesitation dot kick. And this was all stuff that I used to do like when, when I first debuted. And I got backstage and everyone was like, I've never seen you do that. <laughs> it was cool. And, um, and I said to Shay, like, Thank you. Like you, you pushed me. You pushed me out my comfort zone. That's exactly what I needed. So I always speak so highly of Shay. Like Shay is someone that you can go to, and not only is he encouraging and motivating, but he really does push you out the comfort zone, and he pushes you to be better version of yourself when you're wrestling. So if he came to me and he said, "Emily, me and Visage want you in the United Kingdom," I would be like, "Yes!" in a heartbeat. Especially with the stuff that they've been doing in TNT, mm-hmm. I've been I've been watching the clips, and honestly, it looks like they're having a ball. I know what Shay's like. Shay's always got the the gears flowing for the creativity. So I cannot wait to see with the stuff that that him and Visage come up with. Very excited, and I'm still waiting on my email to join the United Kingdom, but that's okay. Well, well, I figure I, well, now I know what we're clipping from this interview again on the Instagram now. I'm tagging you, Shay, Visage, both of my guests. Come on, we have an opening spot now. Get Emily in the Queendom and see her, you know, Effie's gay, big gay brunch coming over to the UK. GCW versus TNT. Plenty of opportunities are on the table. Let's get oh, it done. Oh, yeah, plenty of opportunities. And, and another thing with Shay and Visage as well, it's like um, knowing, knowing what the two of them can be like creatively it's it's going to be insane the stuff that they do together it's going to be insane i cannot wait to see honestly oh it is going to be something now to move yep. away from wrestling i know you have your twitch emily and mm-hmm. you know yep. i just want to talk about video games i love a good old video game i've got many consoles too many that are piling through the window i want to know for you what's the best game to play and relax on twitch Oh, wow. Um, right away, I'm going to say Stardew Valley. That oh, was my go-to all the time on Twitch. I took a little break from Twitch because of personal reasons, but mm-hmm. um, I'm actually thinking about going back to it soon uh, because I've more or less got everything set up now. So, oh, nice. But yeah, so but Stardew Valley, that is my favourite to play. It's whenever I need to chill out, whenever I'm feeling a bit stressed, it's Stardew Valley is my go-to game. And... Honestly, I've never had so much fun. It's actually gotten to the point where it's that relaxing the game that when I sit and play it, my partner, uh, he loves the music from it. So he'll he'll like come in from like the kitchen or something. And he'll actually sit down and he'll just watch me play. It's very interesting. I, you know, I play a lot of Final Fantasy. And my mates are like, "Man, that's a banger." I love Final Fantasy. I'm actually oh. playing Crisis Core Re- Reunion right now. Oh. I'm on chapter seven. Nice. Uh, it's good. Zach Bear is my boy. I love Zach. So, oh, of course, love Zach. Zach is a great character. You know, I'm I'm more of a you know I like Tifa. Tifa thinks a great character uh, yeah. as well. But Tifa's I mean, great. she's got a great backstory. So, 
Oh, I absolutely the whole her and Cloud. I, I, well, in case I'm not going to say spoilers for a game that's you know t- nearly 20 years old now. In case someone's not seen it, <laughs> but uh, that's actually talk about Final Fantasy because we had Blanco Loco on from the states, and he was a big Final Fantasy guy. He talked about seven being his favorite. For me, my favorite is 14. I think 14. Really? Ah, oh, absolutely. I mean, before 14, it was 13. I, I yeah, really like 13. Okay. <laughs> but what for you? What was your favorite Final well, Fantasy? I think it was okay. It's just it was, it was very different from what I was used to, you know. Um, because my my go tos that I say that are multi favorites are Final Fantasy Seven, of course. Need mm. I say more? Um, so best believe I screamed like a little fangirl when Kenny Omega did the Sephiroth entrance and he got oh. permission to use uh, Sephiroth's theme uh, because I was not expecting that. So I was like. like <laughs> that, yeah, um, I, was, hey, I was the same as you that was fucking awesome <laughs> honestly if if there was ever a moment where like my, my two loves could meet it was it was that it was like final fantasy in wrestling and just like that and i was like kenny omega that's another reason why i love you <laughs> absolutely and um and then another one i would say is 10 because uh, 10 was the one where I remember I got like so emotionally invested with the story as well that um, I got a little bit teary eyed like at the ending. I was, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't believe oh, no. that happened. I'm ten, like, ten I'm not a spoiler like, game that's been out for like years as well. But <laughs> it's on the PS4 store, PSN store. You know, get your arts yeah. there. It's on a sale. Get it downloaded. I mean, I, I like, you know, 13, you know, I think it's too hated, but I think it's fun. 14, 14 is just fucking amazing. But what about 15? You know, I feel like 15 gets too much hate. I loved 15. I yeah, loved everything same. about it. I actually platinumed it because I loved it that much. Same. Loved it. You know, the whole little Antoine Tortoise fight as well. Noctis and the boys. It was, it was How just long a... did it take you to do the Adamantois fight? I always need to ask people when I find that they played 15. Uh, maybe about 25 minutes. You're lucky. It took me like three hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was tough. I, I, you know, it was the last one of the last trophies I got, and it was researching the right magic spells, equipment, going to high level shit. Ugh. And I was like, right, sorted. Plan sorted. Attack. I've got a cutty here. Three balls of coke. Banger. Let's go. I was the same. I had like my my cans eye and brew beside me. Like, right, let's go. Like, I know I'm in this for the long haul. And I remember my dad was like, why are you putting like so much time into this game? And I was like, Dad, you just don't get it. It's Final Fantasy, okay? And then they say, can you pause it and just come downstairs? I was like, no, I can't. The intenseness is right now. I'm like 2% about to complete this. Can you bother me? <laughs> Dad, I'm only like two slashes away from killing this turtle, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's very much that. And, you know, we've got 16 coming along as well. I want to know, mm. are you hyped for 16? Oh, I'm very hyped. Like I'm I'm very fortunate where my 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 brother, again, shout out my brother. Um, he he's into the, a lot of the same things as me and mm. he's very savvy in the sense where if there's a trailer for something out right away like that, I get the link and it's like, look, it's coming out. <laughs> so any sort of a trailer that's been out for 16, I've I've been on the ball in that sense, thanks to him. Uh, it was the same with Last of Us when they announced uh, oh. that they were doing the actual show and the trailer got released. It was like, there's the trailer. And I was like, oh, my God. And then uh, literally last night, he messaged me and he said, it got renewed for season two. And I messaged him and I was like, he's just about to message you. 
<laughs> so yeah, I'm very hyped for 16. Um, it seems to be that they've kind of a. I've noticed with a lot of the the later games, so like 13 and 14 and 15, they've kind of made it more. Try to think how to say it. Like set set kind of a more futuristic. You know, it's got the more mm. futuristic look to it, more modern look. Whereas I feel like 16, they've kind of stripped it back and it does look kind of a more like uh, the older Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Uh, especially with the summons. Like I noticed like the, the summons kind of had more of that, I would say probably about like Final Fantasy V sort of a look about them, you know? Like yeah, same with the, the actual costumes and some of the characters. It looks like more so uh, costumes that you would see in like uh, Final Fantasy 3, 4, 5 and 6 sort of a things. So I was like, okay, so we're we're gonna like take it back now, uh, because I think it was was it twelve was the last one where it properly centered on like kingdoms, like full on with kingdoms. Yeah. I know fifteen had the kingdoms in it, but um, but twelve it was like I always say that was the more political game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when fifteen has an Audi, you know, an Audi R eight in it, and then you go from a exactly. It's like, oh, it's a nice little kingdom. The machine singing "Stand by Me." Oh God, yeah. And then they had the the film as well with Aaron Paul, Lena Hendry in it, and Kingsglaive. Oh. I like that film. I I think I think it's good. You know, I, I think Fifteen gets too much hate. Well, I thought it was really good. Obviously, like my my all time favorites, Advent Children, especially Advent Children Complete, when it's like all the extended footage. So there's bits with Zach. I was like, oh, it's my boy Zach. <laughs> But um, um, Spirits Within was all right as well. I felt like that got a lot of hate, and I was like, oh. "It's it's an original concept. Like, I don't really get why there's so much hate. It's like if I was playing Spirits Within as a game, this is how I, I guess I would imagine it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Advent Children though is the bomb. That's their all time favorite. But the one uh-huh. with like, like you say, Anne Paul and uh, Lena Headey, it did get a lot of hate. But I thought it was all right. I enjoyed it. Exactly, too much hate around in the world at the moment. Come on, just enjoy the shit, That's have fun. What negativity! It's like just shut up and actually play a Final Fantasy game and enjoy <laughs> it. Enjoy it for what it is. It's fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Well, obviously, you mentioned Kenny Omega coming out with Sephiroth's music. Emily, if you had to pick a Final Fantasy character to have a gear based around, who are you picking? Oh, that's a toughie. Mm. If I could somehow. I would need to do like uh, justice for my boy Zach. If mm. I could somehow put it around Zach, that'd be sweet. I would say Tifa, but Lana Austin's already beat me to it. No. But she and I have kind of a got like a fangirly relationship of each other uh, because when she put up the photo of her as Tifa, I was like, oh my God, I love this. And then she replied, I knew you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime she and I see each other, we always talk Final Fantasy. So. So yeah, she oh. beat me to it with the Tifa one. So did uh, he, uh, Shida. Shida mm. beat me to it as well because she did the, the Tifa inspired. So if I was going to be completely different because Kenny's done Sephiroth, Lana and Shida did Tifa, I would probably do Zach or or maybe I would do like Pain from FFX2. Ooh. That'd be like quite out there and that's kind of a to my gothy aesthetic. So I could do something like that. Oh, nice. Well, you, that'd you mentioned, be sweet if I did that. How would be a good one? You mentioned Goffy Sweaty. What about Jack Garland from the Final Fantasy Origins game? You know, the one from Team Ninja. That's like the third combat one. He has the big, massive armor. Oh, and the horn. right. 
That's a good show, actually. You've got me thinking now. I'm like, hmm, which ones could I actually get like geared around? You're gonna pull out the whole planner and like everyone shut up markers and just like, yep, this yeah, this like, will work. Concept art out, like, right? Okay, I'll take bits from that. I'll take bits from that. Well, it seems like we've got the, your gear expired for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I need to get like Legend of Zelda inspired gear as well because I've got a replica Master Sword done there. So kind of a want to swing that about at some point in the show. Oh, nice. Would you come up with a whole Majora's Mask as well? Well, I have a Majora's Mask as well, so I could do that. Oh, perfect. Your gear is sorted <laughs> for the rest of the year. <laughs> yep, that's me sorted. If Don't anyone wants to see me cosplaying uh, at wrestling shows, then let me know. Exactly. Let, let Emily know. Now that you mentioned your Twitch as well, we see WWE you know, in the past, would limit that. Mm-hmm. You know, they would take away their talents right to do that. You know, for you, someone who was a wrestler and doing this as well, and you would hear that news, it was sort of like a hard blow to to yourself as well. It was like, wow, I understand these yeah. people have a love of expression through their connection to their fans. If, you know, if that happened to you, I understand you'd probably be like, wow, this is terrible. Yeah, absolutely. No, no I, I personally, I didn't agree with that. I didn't agree with that. Uh, it's like you say, it's it's an individual's way of expressing themselves of like i i know people don't really see video game uh, gaming as art but when you put it to a twitch stream and it's like you're providing the commentary you're providing the entertainment it's not just you like i know some people do it but when i do it personally it's not just me just sitting there playing a game i'm interacting with people i'm building that rapport with my fans it's a it's a great interaction tool and it's like Mm -hmm. i know we've got social media but for me it's I don't feel more relaxed than when I'm sitting playing a video game, you know. So when I'm feeling relaxed and chill, like what what's a better way for me to sit and interact with my fans, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're all having a good time, and it's a, a good community. And um, so yeah, I, I personally didn't agree with that. Like I think you should freely be able to express yourself in that regard. Exactly, you know, as a way to connect with your audience and them to connect with you. It's a great source of community. No way yeah. to limit that. Now, obviously, Emily, we mentioned before you were a champion, but there's many other female champions out there in the world right now. If you had to pick a current reigning and defending women's champion to face in the ring at anywhere of your choice, who would you pick? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Right. Oh, I need to sit and have a think about this. Who would I want to wrestle? <laughs> I'm like, hmm, who would I want to wrestle? <laughs> um... Oh, that's a toughie. Like, you've actually mm. put me on the spot. Like, I'm well, like, I'll, I'll, I'll throw up some recommendations. You know, we have um, Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion. You know, we have um, Roxanne Perez, the NXT Women's Champion. We have Jamie Hayter, the AEW Women's Champion. Mickey James oh. is the current Knockouts Champion. See, I know Mickey's the, 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 the current Knockouts Champion. As much as I would love to wrestle her, I really want to wrestle Jamie Hayter. I really oh. want to wrestle Jamie. That, that would be a very... Because she's a hard tatter and I'm a hard tatter. I feel like we can make some magic happen, you know? Oh, a pure hard-hitting match. I mean, you know, we've had Alex Windsor on. She had the Red Pro Champion. So did Jamie. She wants mm-hmm. to face Jamie as well. Jamie here looks mm-hmm. like she's got a few competitions lined up from here on the Soul Session. So, uh, oh boy, Jamie just better be prepared. All of us in a line just like waiting for an opportunity <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> all, all just lining up and prepared. Now, obviously, I always ask my guests, you know, 10 years down the line, you're, you know, you're advanced in your career and you can get a chance mm-hmm. to sign for one of these big companies around there, AW, WWE, Impact, even Stardom and New Japan with their women's uh, roster going up mm-hmm. there. 
for yourself, Amelie, is there somewhere you want to get to in the future of your career? Absolutely. Uh, my my two biggest places that I would love to get to. So first of all, Japan. I've always wanted to go to Japan. And when I discovered like how much of a big wrestling scene over there, I was like perfect. Uh, because before I even knew about the scene, I was always just a wee Japanophile, you know. I love the culture. I love my anime. I love my manga. I love my video games. So I was like, that's just a match made in heaven for me. So, um, but the more that I've spoken to. Uh, a lot of the women that have went over uh, for example my, one of my besties, my, I call her my sis Aisha Newman, she's currently there right now uh, so whenever I talk to her about the, the wrestling scene over there, it just, it really hates me up and it really makes me want to go over there and, and give it a go same with Emerson Jane because she's been over and I've asked her uh, whenever um, whenever I, I get the chance, I always try and pick her brain about it as well. So when she's told me in the past about it, she said a lot of really good things. Uh, same with, with Kayleigh Ray, Alba Fire. Mm. Uh, when she went over and did uh, she, uh, many tours with Stardom, uh, she had nothing but positive things to say about it as well. Same with uh, Viper Dewdrop. She had nothing but positive things to say about it as well. And the, the way that they, they, they built it up with the the training and then just living life over there like I feel like it'd be a really good experience uh and and then uh my wrestle Jayla Dark she'd been to Japan a bunch of times but I distinctly remember when it was her last ever tour before she retired she had mm. nothing but nice things to say and she said that um it's something that I should experience uh before uh I even think about retiring and whatnot um so with with all these positive influences in my life, I feel like Japan, if they're all saying that would be a good experience for me, then that would be a good experience for me. So mm -hmm. I would absolutely love to go to Japan and, and give that a bash, uh, even just to say that I tried, you know. And another one for me, I really want to try and break out in America, Like, but I feel mm -hmm. like everyone always says that. Um, but for me, it's got to a point where I think I can say that I'm a regular not just in, in Scotland, but I'm starting to branch out kind of all over the UK. Mm -hmm. So I would really love to try and crack America because it's one of those ones I feel like not a lot of women in in the United Kingdom really break out in America. Not mm -hmm. a lot of them can say that. Um, so if I could be like one of the few that could do that, that, that'd be pretty cool. E again, even if I just had like one time that I got to go to America and I, and I got to say that I did it, like I would be so happy. So oh. yeah, like I've not got like any specific places in mind. I would I would really say, um, like th there's never been like a permanent like oh I be in WWE or oh I. It's kind of always chopped and changed. Uh, because like right now for me it's Impact. I I've really been enjoying watching the women's division in Impact. Mm -hmm. So I would I would like to give that a bash as well. Oh hey, Emily Hayden, future Knockouts champion, has a good ring to it. I would definitely ha happy oh, to see yeah. that in the future. <laughs> no, I need to, oh, I need, I need to pick your mind on this, Emily. You mentioned your love of, you know, anime and all that. We had Kid Bandit mm -hmm. on. And Kid Bandit, they talked about how they loved oh, My Hero Academia. Kid's amazing. I love Kid. Kid's an absolute talent. But, Emily, what is your kind of go-to favorite anime? I need to know. Oh, right. Right away, because it's on my shelf right there. Uh, I've got two. So, the first one's Helsing. And the reason oh. I love Helsing is because... Um, so back in the day when when I was growing up, obviously it was like Pokemon and and mm -hmm. for me Sailor Moon was a big factor. So that's one of my favorites. Uh, I love Sailor Moon. They're actually bringing out a new movie this year, so I'm heavy yeah. buzzing for it. 
so Helsing for me, it was because of the contrast, because you would have like your bright colours like mm-hmm. uh, Pokemon, and it was all bright and chippery and cheerful. And then it was like Helsing was the first anime I always remember, and it was like quite dark and and like not just like with the stories, I mean like with the actual colour styles as well. So it was very dark, and obviously like because it focuses on vampires as well, and I love my horror stuff. So, so this is quite interesting. And then also uh, Soul Eater, because I'm looking at it right now. I've got the full collection up there. Uh, Soul Eater is one of my favourites. Like, uh, I liked my favourite character was Death the Kid. And it was because he had to have everything symmetrical. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, with my OCD, I relate to that. It's the episode when he goes into the cave and it's to get uh, Excalibur. I think that's, oh, I just like that's hilarious. <laughs> Um, no, it's still here. It's definitely a good one. And you mentioned Helsing. Is there? Are you talking about the original Helsing or Helsing Ultimate? Oh no, the original Helsing. Because um, remember when like you could get all like the anime episodes and stuff on YouTube back in the day? Like oh, when, and they're split into five parts at two forty p. Yep. Oh. Yeah. And I'm sitting there watching part one, part two, part three, part four, like the first episode. And then I just kept doing it. So I've got my fond memories of uh, me just like on the computer being like, all right, okay, that's part two, right? (laughs) It it would be like slightly off to the screen as well or not optimized. And you're like, I'm trying to learn the plot here, but it's a bit, I think that's what's happening. I'm not too sure. I'll have to wait until I can actually physically purchase it. And then you're like, oh, I missed this whole section of subplot. Holy shit, it's like a new experience viewing now. <laughs> I mean, me personally, like, I... Is that a bazooka she's pulled out? I, th- I think no, so. Exactly. Like, what like, the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me personally, my favourite anime is Code Geass. I, I love oh, Code Geass. That is a good one. Absolutely. Lelouch V. Pachani is the best character. Zero. Oh, mm-hmm. beautiful. I, I like recommend that show. High enough to anybody, but Such a good show. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can't. And then Johnny Young Bosch as well, like because he's in it, and he's such a like. Obviously, I know from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like yeah. from my age there, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, when when I found out like that he was doing like a ton of voice acting, and then I found out he was in Code Geass, I was like, oh, I didn't oh. know he was in Code Geass. God, I I can't gush over that show. Any hard enough, but if we talked about your Final Fantasy inspired gear, Emily, anime inspired gear. What are you thinking? What's going for your head for an anime inspired wrestling attire? Ooh, I'm actually like, I'm, I'm looking at my shelf right now, being like, hmm, which ones? Hmm. Well, I kind of would need to do Death the Kids. Well, that's a good I would, show. I would need to do a Road to Death, wouldn't I? Like, that'd be a good one. I could get like a Shinigami sort of a mask to look yeah. like his dad, you know? That'd be, you that'd be you sweet. You could go for an Alucard one from Helsing with the whole red. As well. Or I could do Victoria as well. Yes. I could do that and come up with just a big walk, Just walk around with a big cannon where to hear matches. That's going to be an intimidating <laughs> factor. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. There's, there's, there's a good few. And then, obviously, Sailor Moon. That'd be quite fun to do. Yeah. Inspire gear of that. And I would do, like... Um, uh, Sailor Chibi Usa, I would do her like okay. with the pink because I quite like the pink, so yeah, even though Mars we, is my favorite, but yeah, oh, Mar- Mars is a good one. I mean, because we always seen Mercedes Monet, former Sasha Banks, do her Sailor Moon yep. inspired gear for last yep. year's Royal Rumble. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows, we maybe get a whole Sailor Scouts of teams ready. 
So Mercedes could be Sailor Moon. Mm -hmm. Emerson could be Sailor uh, Venus because she loves Sailor Venus and she's got Sailor Venus inspired gear. So Emerson Jane could be Venus. I could be Mars. Oh, who could we get to be like Jupiter and Mercury? Oof. I'm trying to think of any female wrestlers that I know that like I'm I'm already building like my Sailor Scouts already. Who <laughs> <laughs> knows? Maybe this might be a new intimidating faction faction in the UK scene soon enough. The Sailor Scouts. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Who knows what we could see in wrestling in 2023? <laughs> well, Emily, I very much appreciate you coming on the show, spending time here and talking about what we all love, wrestling, anime, and video games, the top three things yep. we all need. But I always like to highlight, you know, if people have entertained by your story and want to see you wrestle, what kind of dates have you got coming up for the rest of the year? Oh, what have I got coming up so far? Oh, uh, let me just get my diary. <laughs> uh, so you can catch me in February. So it's the 17th of February and I'll be at Fair City Wrestling. And you can catch me wrestling Brody Adler for the FCW Women's Championship. So that is very exciting. And then the following week, on the 24th of February, I'm back at W3L defending my W3L Women's Championship against Brody Adler. And Ooh. a false count anywhere match, so that's not one to be missed. Well, we can't even miss a false count anywhere match. Yep. It is going to be banger yep. after banger of match quality. Hey, I'll be excited. <laughs> the fans will be excited, and of course, you will leave the reigning and defending champion Emily. I hundred percent. I'm assured on that one. <laughs> well, well thank you very much. Oh, I could, I could keep going, but uh, vocal cords are a bit uh, damaged from uh, nights of drinking on the tune. Uh, Got to rest my throat there. <laughs> but hey, thank you very much, Emily, for tuning in for another episode of The Soul Sessions. You've been a great guest. And all our viewers, Emily's social media links will be in the description below. Check her out. Give her a follow on the Instagram. I have been your host, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of The Soul Sessions.